guys, you're listening to Bento Podcast. We're a podcast series for and by millennials that talks about topics and issues surrounding our generation. And we're bringing you stories of millennials from all over the world and their journey. I'm your host, Ben, and let's get this episode started. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Bento Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 19, and this is A Generation of Home Renters? So, today's topic is focusing on basically our generation and the topic of home ownership, home buying. And it's a topic that I personally consider to be very important because I think for those of us listening, we're entering that phase of our lives where we have to start thinking what sort of a house would we want and whether it is affordable and what sort of a, you know, what sort of a job or what sort of money do we need to even have a home, to even like buy a home, what's the reality out there? So this is what I'm going to address this week, like what I'm going to discuss. So, you know, beginning with, I think the first part, which is the fact, basically what's happening with the home market, the real estate market, and also millennials and Gen Zs. So I'm just going to pull in some stats real quickly. All right. So around the globe, For millennials aged 25 to 34, which is also our, I would say, our listeners, the rate of home ownership is 8% lower than baby boomers and 8.4% lower than Gen Xers. And Gen Xers are our parents, if you have younger parents, and baby boomers are your grandparents and to a certain extent, maybe your parents as well. So... Strictly speaking, in a very simple way, we are 8.4% less likely to have a home than our parents. And this is a stat that was done by the Urban Institute. They did a study on this because that's just the concerning issue right now, which is how affordable are houses in general for people our age, for people aged 25 to 34, where you're just about to start your life, where you're like literally trying to get your life out there, being part of a society, and of course, trying to start a family. So with that in mind, we have to like look at the real estate market right now. Now, I can speak for China and for Indonesia and some parts of Asia because I'm familiar with house prices over over here. But for those of you listening that are living in the States, uh, in some parts of Europe, I may not be so well-versed about property prices over there. So I'm just going to take what I know as a reference. And so strictly speaking, let's just say in Indonesia right now, the average price of a house, and we're not talking of apartments, we're talking about houses. In general, it's ranging from 80,000 to 100,000 USD. And I'm talking about a pretty well off house in a pretty good neighborhood it's not big i would say it's about maybe one or a two room uh house with like maybe one bathroom not very wide not very like uh long as well you know it's it's definitely a house for those that just started out a young family and that's about 80 to 100k usd in indonesia mind you so that's the f- reality that we're facing in terms of the real estate market. But if you're going for house, like apartments, for example, instead of houses, then it's definitely much more affordable. 
we're seeing at least 40 to 50,000 apartments uh, USD of course that are available that has one bedroom uh, maybe not as big as you'd want it to be but for that sort of money you are technically you know able to get a house or an apartment in the sense so how do people buy houses like how do our generations especially those that are 25 or 34 how are they exactly buying their houses now a lot of them are of course paying mortgages obviously nobody would have the amount of money to kind of just pay off a house or a home with cash simply put that is just not very practical and and it's not very possible as well so a lot of houses right now would at least require you to put 40 to 50 percent down payment some products would maybe require you to put on like 20 to 30 percent it really depends but let's take it to 40 40 as an average 40 percent of that you'd have to pay in cash and then the rest of that you have to pay your mortgages for at least 15 years and the annual interest rate at least here in Indonesia ranges from between four to five percent ish if I'm correct now correct me if I'm wrong listeners out there so let's just take about like a hundred K house 100k USD house and let's say you're gonna pay like about uh, a 15 year mortgage with about let's say a 5% interest rate that would fall around at least five to six hundred USD a month uh, for the next 15 years of your life now for the US listeners out there it might not seem like a lot but trust me when I say for Indonesians here that's a lot of money per month because you're definitely going to have to like commit at least five to six hundred dollars of your monthly income on that and so the wage standards that we're facing right now the problem is that especially what i'm seeing is that millennials are not earning as much as the expenses that they have to pay you know the rate of wage increasing is significantly slower than the rate of expenses that keeps growing year and year and year and you know we don't really have to go and look you know really far just look at ourselves you know look at your income let, let's say from the past two to three years if you're already working of course and compare that to the amount of expenses that you've paid in, over the past two to three years you would realize that your expenses have definitely gone beyond whatever the rate of income increases that you've had in the past years and that's because simply put the economy has not been really nice on millennials because we are facing one of the biggest economic crises right now ever since the great depression and yet for some reason prices still goes up which to be honest like it's not really fair but you know hey like that's the reality and that's the fact that we are living with so we have like just to summarize we have a very expensive real estate market that keeps on going up we have a wage market that is not paying more or at least paying as much as the expenses are uh, are growing and number three we have a standard of living that is getting more and more and more expensive no matter where you live this goes this is you know this is all applicable in a sense wherever you're living it's more expensive than it was two to three years ago am I right and I'm pretty sure it is so with that in mind 
you know, like one of the biggest problems that millennials have to face right now is the choice of whether they will even own a house throughout their lifetime. Now, I'm just going to go and take a couple of stories from my friends that I know of that have shared their experience. So for those of you listeners out there who are, you know, living in like big metropolitan cities, we're talking of New York, Shanghai, we're talking of like Melbourne, all these sorts of places, you know, where it's basically very developed and the real estate market is usually insane, like literally insane. A lot of them told me that they would live their lives as renters, as home renters, and not as homeowners. The reason is because it's just technically, to them, it's financially just not feasible to get a house. My friend lives in Lower Manhattan, which is already a pretty expensive neighborhood to begin with, and a studio there could cost upwards of at least five to six hundred thousand dollars. And we're talking of a studio. We're not even talking of like a one bedroom or whatever of those sorts. It's just a studio and it could cost upwards to $600,000. And that's his numbers, which technically it means it could be higher. It could be lower, but in my opinion, at least it could be significantly higher. And his rent right now for a studio ranges at about 2000 something dollars per month. So to him, that is much more feasible than getting a house because paying mortgages for him could easily be double or sometimes triple depending on what sort of a planet he's taking. So it's just not impossible for him to get a house. And uh, despite of having a pretty good job, a pretty stable job that is earning him pretty good money, he still thinks that it's just not financially possible to get a house in New York City, especially where in, you know, in the neighborhood that he lives in. And... That made me, you know, really curious as to how people living in other big cities are reacting to this sort of like, you know, condition. So I asked another friend of mine who's living in Shanghai and uh, he's living a pretty good life as well. Like he's renting uh, an apartment in Shanghai for about 10,000 RMB. So that's about, I would say, close to $1,800 a month. So pretty expensive. <laughs> like that is like some pretty high end stuff. And he gets paid a lot of money. I mean, he's working in a really big, you know, tech company in China and in Shanghai specifically. And he also has a pretty good position. So I'm pretty sure he gets paid pretty well as well. And I told him, why don't you just get a house? You know, like, why don't you just get an apartment, get a get a place for yourself that's actually yours and not renting it out? Because let's face it, 10,000 RMB or about $1,800 a month, you know, in China, that's not you know that's not small money by any means and he said yeah i mean i've been trying to like look around but there's really just no place in shanghai that technically i can afford that is still convenient enough for me to do my daily tasks so again like that made me think like on one hand everybody wants to own a house obviously you know especially if you're an asian coming from an Asian family with, you know, very traditional background, like owning a house is almost like, you know, basically getting married or having kids. It's just one of those things that you have to do. Like, you know, it's one of those things that society expects you to do and there's really no way around it. So 
the reality at the same time is also you want to make sure you can afford it and it will help you in your daily life because if let's say he buys a place that is maybe in the outskirts of Shanghai that is way like far away from the central of the city then he's basically eating away at his commute time every day to work which is not ideal in any sense so it's really a give and take sort of a relationship with millennials and homeowners especially in big cities you know you really want to get a house but at the same time you want convenience convenience comes at a price a very big price at that and most of them would just settle with renting a place because i think to them you know as long as they have a stable income and they could have like they could maintain a, a pretty healthy financial situation within their family i think they don't really have a problem renting speaking of that I've been doing a little bit of a survey, of course, if you guys have been basically uh, following my Instagram, you guys would know that I did a small survey. And I asked you guys, do you think that more of our generation will resort to renting rather than buying homes? Now, there was about 35 people that participated in this, and about 75% of you said yes. Yes, we will be renting more than buying homes. So I guess that's the reality that we're facing right now is that more and more and more people are considering to basically rent a house instead of buying because it's just not financially feasible. But surprisingly, out of like about 30-ish people as well, 62% of you guys said you still prefer to live in a house rather than an apartment. That's, you know, that's actually like a bit different than what I thought it would happen because I thought like young people they want convenience and most of the time you know when you're in CBDs most of the time you'd be having apartments as your only option but apparently you guys still like houses and I get that you know you got like a big sort of a you know space for you uh, for yourself and you basically have much more privacy when you're living in a house compared to your you know in an apartment and so that's that's a pretty interesting fact that I received but it boils down again to the fact that this is going to be a generation that is going to focus more on home renting rather than home buying because it's just not possible to buy one at this point. Now, I'm going to move on to like what we can do or more like what solution is there for millennials out there to actually own a property because at the end of the day, you'd always want to own something. You know, you can't just ha go around your life not owning anything and not even a house or not even a roof over your head that is actually under your name. And there has been a lot of different, I would say, growth, a lot of different opportunities for people to actually own properties in a very unique way. One part of that, and if you don't know about this, it's called a crypto house and a blockchain house. <laughs> Let me explain what that means. A blockchain house is basically buying a single property, but you're paying on a per meter square basis with no minimum. Meaning, let's say if there is a house that is selling for about $100,000 somewhere, and this, this is already there in New York. If you buy that house, let's say you don't have the money to have like 100000 you can only pay for like two meters square of that house. That is like one of the most interesting concepts that I've ever seen in my life. So if you have a, a piece of property that is like using this particular concept, 
what you can do is that instead of buying the whole hundred thousand uh, dollars of house which maybe some of you are not willing to like you know part ways with that money you can just pay like maybe three meters square worth of house four meters square worth of house or maybe just the toilet that's yours you know this is actually a real concept that people are trying to implement right now it's almost like buying stocks of a house that's simply what it is and it allows millennials to sort of invest in property but invest it in a very minute and in a very I would say customized in a very tailored way so it doesn't really just have to be uh, you know buying one house like the whole thing you can apparently just buy it on a per meter square basis of course this is not a very common concept in fact I've not seen this beyond New York City so maybe this is gonna be something that's gonna be more common in the future I don't know but to be honest I really hope that the government could kind of help in this particular sense because they know and I'm pretty sure they realize that Millennials are gonna be a generation that's gonna be struggling with homeowning because obviously with all the economic challenges and just the whole crazy prices that the real estate market has enjoyed over the past decade you know it's just not humanely possible for every millennial to get a house it's just a very different time you know we're living in different times we're living in a different era where having a house is as much of a challenge as it is to just live like literally just to survive it's that like it's the same level of like difficulty so you know like the generation of home renters which we are hope not I mean not I hope not all of us you know like I hope in a certain point of our lives you know we would finally be able to afford a house but I think again you know it boils down to personal financial management like how well we save you know how much how committed we are to actually owning a house and how much help do we need let's say from our significant others to kind of like just do it together like put in the work together to kind of like achieve that because that's the thing that I've always been uh, seeing these days is that husbands and wives working together obviously because they need to own a house the reason why men and women are working in a relationship working in like you know in a marriage these days is because of you know that want of getting a house they just need a house they need a property that they can call their own which is not easy especially these days so moving on to the actually I'm gonna focus a bit more today on your comments and also a question that you guys have given us actually a lot of comments thank you so much guys for all the comments I really appreciate it but I'm just gonna go to the comments first and I'm just gonna you know share your comments and then discuss on it and then there's only one question today so I'm just gonna put that at the very end first uh, one comment one from one listener says that high cost small space not worth it that's kind of true you know if you really take into account the listings like property listings today especially if you're living in like big metropolitan cities you don't have a lot of space like space on its own has been converted into a luxury you know having more space is simply put more expensive than ever before and I can also see why people just don't want to buy houses is because of that reason as well. You don't want to put that much money on convenience or, or on location because maybe that's not, you know, one point of your investment that you're really interested in. 
And actually, that's also one of the reasons why I see a lot of people not buying houses in big cities because they just don't think it's worth it. You know, you're paying like big money. Let's say if you go to Hong Kong, one of the most expensive property market in the world, you're paying six to seven hundred thousand USD, mind you, six to seven hundred thousand for a space that is so small. If you go to other cities, you could already use that money to buy like a big villa. Like literally a big house. That's how bad the real estate market is in Hong Kong. And one of the reasons why even like people with money are hesitating to buy properties there is because there's really just not much justification to kind of buy a property that small with that high of a price other than location. There's really no amenities. There's really no luxury in that. It's literally space where you can live that is just super expensive. And the only thing that makes it expensive is the fact that it's in Hong Kong. So I can completely understand this notion that, you know, you guys are not interested in buying a house is because the space is just not worth it. If let's say you live in Tokyo or in Seoul, well, uh, you know, these Asian metropolitan cities where, well, property prices are definitely off the hook. It's definitely understandable. You know, I can definitely agree on that part. Not every single property is worth the investment to actually buy it. Some people prefer to lease it over maybe like 10 years before moving on to another part because that's the other thing about houses, you know. You have, like, it's easy to buy them when you have the money, but it's really hard to sell them even when you have the money. You get it? Like, the thing with property is that it's really not liquid. And especially in uncertain times like these, like let's say even even if you have like a big ass house worth millions, if you can't find someone to buy it because everyone's just like stuck with economic crisis, I mean, it's as good as dead because like that's not going to turn into money anytime soon. You know, and I think that's also one of the reasons why, you know, we're not seeing more people buying houses or as enthusiastic about buying houses these days is because the liquidity issue of houses is very i would say very tricky you know when it comes to buying and selling at the end of the day especially when you're really you know in need of money then that's going to be an issue all right another comment here um houses are expensive and as fresh grads uh fresh grads like you know how is it possible to even get a house you know at the end of the day you'd have to go to the outskirts and you'd have to pay 15 year mortgages <laughs> Yep, I mean, that's exactly what we just discussed just now, which is uh, it's true that fresh graduates these days are not earning as much as they should. I'm being honest right here. Like, I just don't think fresh graduates are receiving what they deserve. Because here's the thing. If you are someone who have paid attention to retail prices over the, cl- uh, you know, over the course of decade, you can realize that the average salary of a fresh graduate any part of the world mind you in any part of the world especially in asia has not increased significantly as compared to retail prices so we're getting paid less technically while everything else is becoming more expensive so it kind of like raises this gap in between what we're earning and what we're spending and that's just not good you know like i i completely understand that notion and in fact, like this coins to another listener's comment. It says here, inflation is always there, but the funny thing is that the entry salary and the wage pay is still the same. I completely agree. 
here's the thing. Let me just take Indonesia as an example because I live here and I know more about the market here. The average wage of people here, for people our age at least, is about six to seven million. So that roughly translates to about five hundred USD approximately. So with five hundred dollars per month, right, houses have increased in price significantly. Back then, I remember houses, you can buy houses from like, I don't know, $40,000, $50,000, you can already get a house. And a pretty good one at that, you know, in nearby my neighborhood. I remember because, you know, when I bought the house that I'm currently living at, it's about, you know, that, that price. And that was like about, I'd say, 10 years ago. So not very long ago. Like, it's not those 20, 30, 40 years kind of a story. It's just like 10 years ago. And yet, look at where we are now. The same house in a neighborhood in the outskirts could cost, like, I don't know, two times of a good neighborhood in 2010. So, the housing prices here have gone insane. What haven't gone insane is the price of our wages. (laughs) It stayed the same. Like, people back then in let's say in 2010 let's take 2010 as a, as a reference in 2010 the average wage in Jakarta is about three to four hundred dollars now ten years forward it's five hundred dollars to six hundred dollars so we've just increased by about a hundred to two hundred dollars and yet our housing prices have doubled I mean where's the logic in that like it just doesn't make sense everything else is super expensive right now and you're just not getting paid enough to do like to just live I mean, I know a lot of my friends who, who knows about, like, this sort of a problem, and they're not Indonesian. They, they kept telling me, like, dude, like, how are you surviving? Like, dude, just get out, like, get out of there. <laughs> like, it's not going to work. And I'm like, you know, it's true. Like, I'm not even sure how am I going to even afford a house if that's the pay that I'm going to get. And the fact is that that's the reality for a lot of young Indonesians, for a lot of young people living in Jakarta right now, is that they are facing... A, a very steep real estate market that is not supported by a compensation package that could in a sense rival whatever growth that the real estate market is currently enjoying even till now and you know here's the thing I know for the fact that a lot of millennials are trying to earn more like oh, of course like I'm just stating the obvious at this point everybody wants to earn more but literally what I'm trying to say here is that they literally want to earn better at a lower end, like at their lower end, you know. They literally are pushing for better pay. But that's just not happening anytime soon in my opinion. Because again, the job market is competitive and when a job market is a competitive one, the company would be the one holding the leverage on pay. And of course, being a company, they would want to suppress everything as much as possible so it would be nice if the government would kind of support young people by either providing very cheap mortgages or very low interest rate loans for people who are interested in buying houses especially young couples but again like I said you know with coronavirus and everything I doubt something like that could happen anytime soon and rent okay another comment that we have here renting is nice when you don't want to settle because in modern life flexibility in private or work life is key yep i think that's true to a certain extent that uh you know when you own a house 
it kind of locks you into this place. Like, let's say if I own a house in Shanghai, like it's going to be really hard for me, or at least it's going to be really hard to convince me to work out of Shanghai, even in a different city, because I already own a house there, you know, and yet we're living in an era, we're living in an age where work is going to be very fluid in terms of geographically or just, you know, the nature of the work itself. So if you're the type of person who loves to jump from one place to another, owning a house is definitely not going to be a very, I would say, suitable sort of an investment because, you know, it's just going to be sitting there. And unless you're willing to rent it out, which I'm not sure how that's going to work, especially during the pandemic, I'm not sure how many people are like willing to find places that are, you know, that are not theirs and renting out. Uh, I'm just not sure if renting i mean if buying a house is going to be right for people like that but again you know i think at the same time anyone at the end of the day would still want something with their name on it let it be a property let it be an asset you know i'm pretty sure everybody wants a piece of something with their name on it so yeah thank you for the comment i i really appreciate it and you know it really just goes to show that at the end of the day the cons the consensus that i'm feeling from people that have you know provided their comments here today is that the average pay level that people are getting, especially people our age, 25 to 34, or maybe like 20 to 35 to make it even broader. It's just not high, en high enough to start a life, to sustain a life, to even like, even imagine of buying a house. Like it's just not something that's feasible at this point, unfortunately. Is there a better way? Well, opening a business might be one, but again, it comes with its own risk and you might end up with like less as compared to when you started out. So again, it's always, a bet it's always a gamble in one way or another and here's the thing i know for a fact that our generation is going to be having it tougher than people who came before us you know the gen xers the baby boomers you know they had it easier because well in terms of house owning of course like not just in general but in house owning they got it easier because obviously land was not as expensive as it, as it is right now and there's just a lot more option back then you know there's just a lot more option to kind of like get a house and back then you know having a house is like a must you know it's it's just like a part of life like you go to school you go to college likewise you got a house these days having a house is almost like a luxury so you know the whole concept of house owning in its own has completely changed over the years because of the economy and everything but then again, I really hope, sincerely hope that for all of you listeners out there, one day we're definitely going to get a house. We're definitely going to have something with our name on it. Now, moving to the one and only question. And the reason why I'm putting this at the end is because I think this is something that's going to be relatable to each and every one of you. Okay, the question is, for those of us who are not able to buy a house, living with our parents has always been an option. I know this is not... A, an option that is popular with a lot of people but if your parents are supportive of it it is definitely an option what do you personally think would you prefer to rent a house or would you prefer to live with your parents provided that they're super okay and that they're super supportive about it okay this is the question that i've been waiting for i really hope that like before this episode started recording i literally like i literally hope someone would ask me this and apparently someone did so that's good on me well, it's definitely a very hard question to answer. I'll be honest with you. Because it really falls down to that, you know, that to that individual and how he's how he lives his life, you know, what's his what's his goal and all these kinds of things. So 
to me, it really depends. Now, for me personally, if I'm speaking as me, if I'm speaking on my own behalf, I would say living with your parents in the early years of your relationship or your marriage is not such a bad thing as long as you don't think that that's going to be like it for you for the rest of your life and then you're just waiting for you know inheritance in this case your house for me like that's just not the way through and it's just not right that's my thought i know a lot of people you know are starting to see things from a more realistic point of view and especially for those of you our listeners who are from asia you might as well can really relate with this For those of you who are listeners from America, you might think that this is something that's not normal because living with your parents itself is already pretty bad when you like say it like that. But trust me when I say that it's a pretty common thing here to kind of live with your parents even after you get married because the whole concept of, you know, living together with your family, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's just culture. At the end of the day, it's just culture. And a lot of young people, especially young uh, Asians today that I personally uh, have seen and and heard their stories from, you know, they started to take the more realistic point of view of their life. And they know that for a fact that renting a place is still going to be tough for a family. Let's say if you're a family of three with like one kid and, you know, renting a place is not going to be easy because most of the time your parents are going to be having houses that are most probably going to be in places that are generally better than whatever place you're going to rent in. Like the neighborhood is most probably better than whatever place you're going to rent in. So a lot of my friends, what they told me uh, as well as that they decided to live with their their parents because the neighborhood is better and uh, the house is pretty big enough, you know, for his family and his new family. So he doesn't feel like there is a problem and his wife is okay with it so you know for him it's not a problem and to me you know if that's the case then that's fair enough because at the end of the day everybody wants to make their own living everybody has their own way of doing things i'm completely cool with that but at the end of the day i still want a place of my own you know i would still move out the moment i know that i can get a house because it's just better that way you know like for me personally at least you know to have a family that lives on its own it allows me to at least have that sort of a space where i can grow a space where i can just be the head of the family for once and not be troubled too much by the fact that my parents are living with me or i'm living with my parents so that's definitely one of the upsides of you know living alone or moving out which is that you know you can kind of experiment on whatever it is you want and You know, there are certain things, there's certain decisions that you might not definitely agree on with your mom and your dad. And having your own place allows you to kind of explore that sort of a, uh, you know, possibility, so to speak. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's a wrong thing. If you're asking me the question, I don't think it's wrong to live with your parents. I think it's really a matter of choice. For guys out there, here's the thing. Um, I'm pretty sure for a lot of the Asian guys that are listening to this, you know, it's a bit of a uh, embarrassing thing to kind of like you know stay with their parents even after you get married but trust me man like you know the reality is that for those of us living in big cities even renting a house is not an easy feat you know and saving for saving up for a house while living in our parents house might be a, a smarter thing to do if we're just looking at it from like a very objective point of view 
But again, you know, make sure that your wife is okay with it and make sure that your wife can get along with your mom. Trust me. I know this is running a bit out of topic, but yeah, you just don't want to like have a big fight at the end of the day because your wife just can't get along with your mom or with your dad. And that's the last thing anyone would want. So make sure your wife is okay with it. Make sure your girl says it's okay with it. Then you decide because at the end of the day, you're the man of the family. You know, you have to make the choice. You either want to live at your parents or live outside on your own. It might be a shabbier place when you rent out. But, hey, if you like the freedom, if you value it more, then might as well go ahead with it. All right. Well, that's pretty much all that I have for today's episode. Uh, I hope, you know, I mean, I, I really didn't have a lot of discussion. In the sense. It's really more, I mean, I, I didn't put a lot of, like, solution. It's more of, a, like, a discussion of what's happening and yeah i really hope that uh this discussion sort of like makes us think a bit more about whether we want to stay as home renters or whether we actually want a house to be honest like you know normalizing renting like you know normalizing renting a house is not a bad thing you know at the end of the day we can't live up to this constant expectation that we have to have a house we have to buy a house we have to have something with our own name to it it would be nice obviously everybody would want it but we shouldn't normalize it to the fact that we make it a societal must you know if we're fortunate enough if we work hard enough for it then good if you know if we're not fortunate enough to have it then that's fine you know at the end of the day sometimes it's just not what we have it's just what we're trying to work for that matters all right. Well, uh, I hope that episode was fun for all of you guys. I really love, you know, discussing these sorts of things. I don't have the solution to everything, obviously, because I'm just like you guys. I'm also in this trouble. But seeing you guys comment on it and seeing you guys having your opinions on it, to me, that means a lot. And to me, that, you know, that simply shows that we are trying to find a way out. And trust me, one day we'll try to find that way out. We'll definitely find it. Well, Thank you guys for uh, tuning in to this episode this week. I hope you guys have a great weekend. As usual, if you have any comments, if you have any questions, please email us at bentopodcast2020 at gmail.com. Please follow us on our Instagram at bentopodcast.id. And also don't forget, for those of you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music, if you like this episode and if you like this podcast, please give us a five-star rating. I would really appreciate that. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm your host, Ben, as usual, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.